and their top two lines could rival any top two lines in the league on paper. Yet, Marner looks fucking broken out there. I don't know what the fuck happens. He hasn't scored in, like, 30 fucking games. And Matthews and Tavares each have one goal. Their, their whole team just looks broken. Like, I don't know. They can't be fixed. It's weird. They, something needs to happen. Some drastic change. Welcome to episode 35 of the Clubhouse Combos podcast. Joe's calling, uh, joined by Evan, as usual. How are we today, buddy? I'm good. And I think when we get up to 50 to our 52nd episode, we got to do something special. Yes, Some sort very, of special type thing that we've never done before. A very special pod. Maybe we'll, we'll do a no sports pod. Maybe that'll be our 52nd episode. Oh, yeah. That'd be interesting. Just talk about normal shit. Colin, I hate to say it, but your place is very noisy. No, that would be me. Uh, oh, that's uh, not my place. Wow, okay. That's Newman's rambunctious roommates. Uh, <laughs> Newman, how are you and your rambunctious roommate? I'm, I'm great. Uh, we're hyped up for our Frisbee game later. in the. Uh, we got a severe wind warning, so that'll be fucking hilarious to play in. Yeah, some awful New England conditions this week. Uh, a little bit of a nor'easter rolling in up here. Um, no Dan today. He's got a football meeting. Uh, I had something else I wanted to say. But yeah, 35, 35 weeks we've been at this shit. And we took a couple weeks off during the summer. Um, probably take a couple off during Christmas time. But yeah, yeah. it's been a fun run, gentlemen. That's yeah, it. it's crazy. God, how many years do you think this pod is going to go on for? A long time we're gonna 20 run years to talk about we we need 20. archives we need archives anyway yeah it's called my fucking z drive i have everything <laughs> saved on my computer if this thing goes to shit we got nothing <laughs> we got nothing um all right let's hop into some sports mlb is first on the agenda obviously the world series kicked off last night braves one game one six two uh they lose charlie morton for the remainder of the series uh broken leg on a comebacker uh if you don't tweet uh, if you don't follow me on twitter go check it out colin scully 23 uh, i've been tweeting up a storm today but tweeted about morton um just fucking crazy to to break your leg and then go out pitch 27 more pitches on a broken leg his push leg uh which is quite quite remarkable um and then I, I guess he apologized to the entire clubhouse that he couldn't pitch longer, which I think is crazy. Um, to pitch at all on a broken leg is wild, and to feel bad about not being able to go longer is even more crazy. Um, but what are our predict- predictions for the rest of the series? Um, is a Morton loss a killer for the Braves, or you think they still got a chance, Ev? Uh, I think they still have a, a very good chance. Uh, just Partly because I don't trust – I still don't really trust the Astros starting pitching enough. Obviously, no McCullers on this roster. They dinged up Valdez. Um, the Braves, obviously, the whole infield hit 30 homers. They made four huge trade deadline acquisitions. So, I'm not willing to say that this injury is going to cost them. 
uh, if anything, it should rally them to see what Morton did and say, all right, we want to win this for Charlie. Like this dude just gave it his all for 27 pitches, as you noted, Colin. And I think that would, that is going to really resonate with the guys in the clubhouse. And they're going to be like, all right, now we got to bust our asses. We got to take care of business. And I do think the Braves, when it's all said and done, do win this world series. How many games? Uh, five or six. Going Braves in seven. Newman? I'm going with Braves in six. A huge win on the road to start. That's really big for them. Um, like you said, Colin, the, the Morton shit is just unbelievable. I mean, not only did he pitch on it, he struck out Altuve. He struck out two guys on a broken leg. That's incredible. Um, Still throwing 96. Yeah, pumping heaters by them. That's insane. Um, I think the Astros are going to run into the problem that they ran into early on against the Red Sox. They had to expand a lot of their bullpen again early. Uh, Valdez only gave them two innings. And they don't really have many starters to begin with, with McCullers down. So I think they're going to have a lot of trouble uh, if they have to use more arms. Uh, and the Braves should be able to hop on that with their big offense. I don't know uh, how he finished. But I did see Odorizzi had two and a third with five Ks and no hits last night. So that could be big for them if he's able to continue that. But uh, Framber Valdez might be the hottest and the coldest guy on this planet, huh? Fucking Red Sox can't Honestly. touch him. Next next start, he gets knocked the fuck up. Start before, Red Sox couldn't touch him. We killed him. Um, yeah, a lot of question marks for the Astros pitching for sure. Uh, anything else to add or shall we move on? Hit some basketball. All right, let's talk some basketball. Our favorite. Um, just a, yeah, right. There's a couple uh, quick things to react upon, uh, and then we can talk about anything else if you guys want to. Uh, but I have the Bulls at 4-0. and I know we talk about them in the lineup card a little later on in the episode. But uh, you guys think this is sustainable? You think the Bulls are for real? Uh, like, what's your opinion? You, you see them staying around the top of the division for the rest of the year, Ev? Well, um, this is a late lineup card question, so I won't get too much into it. But I like the Bulls roster. I mean, it all started last year when they bring in Vucevic. Uh, I thought that was a really nice addition. Obviously, Levine. I, and I saw some news about Levine. Is he healthy or no? Because I saw that they, there was something with him maybe going to miss some time. I don't know if that was true. I just might have just be making this up. Um, but, no, I think they're a solid team. Um and I don't – the Eastern Conference is obviously not as strong as the Western Conference, so I think they have a chance to to be in to be in contention. Uh, I think they'll make the playoffs pretty easily. I think Billy Donovan's a great coach for that team. And I think the Bulls have a, have a bright future and, and a lot of potential with the roster that they've assembled for this year. Yeah, Levine has a small ligament tear in his left hand, which is his non-shooting hand, which he intends to play through, so – Shouldn't miss any time. Yeah, that's good to hear. He's their leading scorer, I believe. Um, I think this is sustainable. I don't know if like they'll sit atop the Eastern Conference when it's all said and done, but uh, might be a little too early to tell. They have played the Pistons twice. Uh, that's kind of two free wins there. But the offseason moves do seem to be paying off. The Rosen, Crusoe, and Ball are all playing big minutes for them. Uh, and I guess looking through some of the stats that I saw, I saw Ball, DeRozan, and Zach Levine all are averaging above five assists and five rebounds per game. So they're spreading the ball well, all contributing on the defensive end. So that's a really good um, formula for success for them. 
Yeah, Paul looks really good. Um, I think that's going to be one of the better acquisitions of this offseason. I think he shot seven of nine from three a couple nights ago. Um, so if he's able to give the Bulls that um, consistent three-point shooting, great defender, uh, and an awesome facilitator, I think it opens up a lot of doors for that offense. I like this team a lot. Uh, I had them in the playoffs. I think I had them at eight. Uh, I might reconsider them a little higher if they keep this up. But uh, as Evan said, that's a lineup card. So we'll talk about that a little later. Um, next team I had on the list, the New York Knicks at three and one, uh, just beat Philadelphia, which uh, Dan wanted me to mention. He saw the Knicks being good. Um, off to a three and one start. What do you guys think? Knicks keep this up and prove Dan right or no? um i think they i mean i think they have the potential for i mean granted it's so early uh so like really anything can happen but i think thibodeau did have them playing really well last year um my bus player for this year or my most overrated player was julius randall he's actually had a really good start to the year um so i'm not willing to i guess write the knicks off yet uh like i said didn't have him in i think they have a strong home court advantage. I think they have the right coach for the roster. I think they made some decent offseason moves. So I don't know. Like for me, I'm willing to give them a chance three and one still so early. Uh, I'm not willing to say that they'll make it yet, but like it's a bright start. And to be Philly is, is impressive. Granted it's at home, but even, but even still. Yeah, I agree. Um, thoughts on the New York Knicks. Yeah, I don't, I don't think I had them in my playoffs, um, so I can't say I'm too high on them just yet. But like Evan said, Randall is off to a really good start, and their trio of guards is proving me wrong. I had Rose and Walker as my two bust players, and they are both shooting over 50% from beyond the arc. So that's a great start, um, great uh, need for the Knicks to keep shooting the ball. I just muted myself. Uh, I had the Knicks in the playoffs. I like them this year. One note, isn't it kind of funny how Tom Thibodeau, like, is seen as a great coach, but he really only has great coaching years. <laughs> like, successful teams when – <laughs> rosters like perfectly wanted and obviously did you guys hear any of that nope <laughs> did you hear any of that no nope. hear any of that now i know what these guys are talking about holy shit <laughs> it had been so good up until this point too uh well what i was saying was i think it's so so ironic that thibodeau is you know widely seen as one of the better head coaches in the league but he only has success when the team is perfectly crafted to his liking like the D Rose teams, obviously a lot of success there. But then after that era, he struggled in Chicago. Obviously, little success in Minnesota, even with great players like Towns and Russell. Um, and now he comes to the Knicks and he kind of gets to build this team how he wants. And all of a sudden they're good again, um, which I don't know if that speaks for his inability to coach teams that he hasn't, you know, put his hands on the blueprint, so to speak or his ability to build a team that he knows he can coach well. So like, it's a double-edged sword, but I ask you guys, like, do you believe Thibodeau is really that great of a coach or he's more of a guy when the system is right, knows exactly how to operate that sort of system. 
Well, I think that he's actually a really good coach. And I remember before he went to Chicago, he spent some years <laughs> under Doc Rivers with the Boston Celtics as an assistant coach before he got that job. And granted, I think it's a combination between the roster being talented and also, like you said, Colin, being fit to how he likes it. But I think when he was in Chicago, that roster was really good. And I thought he was like the perfect coach for that job when they had the Derek Rose of the world, the Joaquin Noah's of the world, um, all these other guys. I can't remember them off the top of that my head. That is young, I believe. Yeah, it was uh, – I'm trying to think because I remember they played the Celtics in a playoff series, and they they gave us, like, fits. I can't remember who they had. They might have had Ben Gordon or something. Like, really talented team. And obviously goes to Minnesota, like, didn't really work out there. But I think this is the perfect opportunity for him as a coach. Like, I think this is perfect. And I think he's had that experience before being in a big market like Chicago, being in a big market like Boston as an assistant. So he's ready to – he's experienced, and he, he knows kind of the pressure of – coaching in a major kind of basketball hub um so i think it's a combination between being a really good coach and also having the right players on the roster newman your thoughts um yeah i agree what you're both saying i think thibodeau is a good coach but i think it's the case for a lot of coaches in in all the sports where like if you don't have the system to your liking you're not going to be great like you see a lot of the times in the NFL coaches come in and they bring with them a new system and new players and new assistant coach, like Sala in New York bring gets Justin or not Justin, Zach Wilson, Staley builds a new system with Herbert in his second year. So I think it's, it's tough for any coach to come into a, a place where the system's already established and have success when it's not really anything you're comfortable or, you know, it's not your style. Yeah, that's a fair point for sure. Um, Next team I had on my list is just the Celtics. Uh, they're two and two. Uh, I've watched a little more basketball this year than I probably did all last season. Um, all my friends like to watch the Celtics, so usually watching them. A um, couple takeaways that I've had from watching them is they seem to be incredibly inconsistent, just like Jason Tatum. Um, who one night drops 43 on 50% shooting and the next night drops 12 and he shoots like 20%. Uh, it's really quite frustrating, especially as Newman and I are such big, big Jalen Brown fans, you know, Tatum will drop fucking 40 one night and everybody's like, Jason Tatum this, Jason Tatum that. And like Brown every night goes out, drops 25, do, does what needs to be done, does his part. And Tatum just is infuriating to me. Like you see his numbers, and they're not all that good from the field. Like a lot of his points come from the free throw line. He oftentimes turns the ball over trying to do too much. He doesn't really make the extra pass. Um, that's just my opinion. I don't know. The Celtics team seems like pretty good when they play well, but it seems like a lot of that rides on the consistency of Tatum. And I feel like that's just not a recipe for success. Um, I think the Celtics will be fine. I think they're easily a playoff team in the Eastern Conference. Um, Tatum's inconsistency, you you bring it up, Colin. And, I mean, I think it's reasonable. Like I'm, I love Tatum. I'm not going to sit here and say that he doesn't have problems. But he's still really young. And I think when you look at the raw talent – and, all right, if we wanted to say this, okay, Jalen Brown, like you said, probably the more consistent player. But I think if you look from the standpoint of raw talent and who has more – just like skill within the game. I mean, I think that's Tatum over Brown. Um, Brown will never be able to put up a 50-point game. 
uh, in his career. Yeah, he's like already he, come close twice. He put up 46 already this year. He, I mean, give he me a break, dude. No, That's just not a good argument anymore. No, it's just no. not a good argument anymore. Anyone can score 50. Not anyone everyone can, can score, score 50. 50. No. Okay, Warren can do no. it. Fucking anyone can. Not everybody can dude. score 50. TJ Warren Brown has his year that time. This year. Brown will score 50 Listen, this year. No, he won't. And I don't even no, like that athleticism debate because Brown is an absolute specimen. Maybe he can't dribble the ball as well as Jason Tatum, but everything else, like, I think they're equals. Brown's a better defender. Brown's faster. He's fucking Jason Tatum was grim than Tatum. In the playoff series that the Celtics played the Cavs, like, Jason Tatum as a rookie was matched up against LeBron fucking James. Like, and wanted that matchup. Like, raw talent, Colin Tatum has more raw talent than Brown. It's – and I don't think – and I think most people would agree with that. I'm not saying I Brown – I said Brown talent, is more consistent. But not raw. You, you said skill and – said skill. I'm talking skill about and like raw, raw athleticism. Maybe well, talent, well, sure, Tatum has more, but – Well, of course, Brown's like an athletic freak. I think skill and raw talent, saying. though. Yeah, but, you know, you, you say – I mean, if I want to talk skill, raw talent, that's Tatum. If I want to talk athleticism, athleticism and consistency, that's Brown. Like, and I'm not even a Jalen Brown hater. I like the guy a lot, but I'm just saying, like, I think Tatum I guess is the rather, face of the franchise. I, I guess I'm saying I would just rather Brown be the face. And I would agree. I, 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 value, I value consistency far more. And I still can't even believe you just said he won't score 50 points. That's absolute blasphemy. He won't. Not this year, damn it's, it. Not ever. It's garbage. I mean, he put up 46 in game one. Come on. He won't score 50 this year. I mean, that's, that's I the mean, intro clip. I can't wait to replay. Tatum will. Tatum will score 50 this year and Brown will. They both will. I'm, I'm, I'm sure Tatum will score 50. And in the next game, he'll put up six fucking points. That motherfucker. With 12 uh, turnovers. I I agree with Scully all the way. Raw talent and skill can get you somewhere, but it's the reason the Celtics are two and two and not four and zero. Oh, is because Tatum laid two stinkers in the first two games. Meanwhile, Brown is putting up twenty eight points a game consistently through the four games. That's the reason why we are we have won two games. I mean, but there's a reason they took him four fourth overall, Evan. You don't take a guy fourth overall if he doesn't have raw talent. I didn't say he didn't. I'm saying Tatum. Tatum no. Who's better one-on-one offensively, Brown or Tatum? If I'm one-on-one, where Tatum can just make a move. Do you remember the shot against Kevin Durant in the playoffs? Like, he's got that nasty fadeaway. One-on-one, he he creates that, but he also will turn that ball over or miss that shot 50% of the time. He's still so young. Like, so is Brown. I mean, Brown's younger. No, uh, I'm sorry, but you guys aren't correct on this one. And most people would correct. most people would disagree with you guys, just so you're aware. He's, look, I don't care. He's he's still so young. It isn't even an excuse. It's his fifth fucking year in the league. Yeah, and it is. I mean, I, granted, neither. Is I'm, sick of, prime, but I'm like, sick of it. I'm sick of it. I'm sick of it. Would you want him to get traded? How how long? No, how, but how long are you gonna fucking baby the guy and give him excuses for the inconsistency? I mean, if you want to win a championship, show up every fucking night. 46 is great, but when you follow it with 12, like Newman said, I don't give a fuck about your 46 because then we just lost the next night. I'd rather you split that in half and give me 30 each night and a win. Yeah. If any, if Tatum had any, if Tatum had any level of consistency, the Celtics would be 4 0 right now. 
Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, listen, it's only four games. So no, I agree. Else. It's super early, and I'm sure we'll revisit this debate later on in the year. But yeah, I think it's a good debate to be had, and I think more people would agree with us than you think, Evan. I don't think so. Anyway. Maybe I'm naive, but I don't think so. Moving on, uh, not to, to say a, I'm right, a but very good team. Jesus, move on. Moving on to a, another very good team. The Golden State Warriors have started 4-0. Uh, Steph Curry looks great. Uh, I saw Stephen A., I think, said that they would win the championship uh, yesterday, um, which is a bit of an early reaction, but nothing you shouldn't expect from Stephen A. It's how he makes all his money with his crazy, awful takes. Um, I like Golden State a lot this year. I think when Klay Thompson comes back, they're going to be a force to be reckoned with. Um, but do you think they keep this sort of success? I'm not saying they go undefeated until Tatum or Thompson comes back, but uh, you see them, you know, towards the top of the Western standings and Clay Thompson returns, Newman? Yeah, I think they'll be up near the top. I don't see them keeping up at this pace. Curry is literally carrying them so far. I mean, he's doubled the points per game of anyone else on the team. Um, it's basically the Curry show and it will always be the Curry show. He's, he's shooting like 12 threes a game, um, which is just not sustainable. Like, I, Obviously, you want your best player to be taking fucking 12 threes a game, but someone else needs to step up, whether it be Wiggins or Poole getting more involved um, until Thompson comes back. And real quick, Evan, I mean, that's the difference in terms of superstar abilities and consistency. You see, You see Curry come out every night. And he's putting up buckets like it's his job to carry that team. I mean, he single-handedly carried them to the play-in last year. That's just what I'm talking about. I You, you need that consistency to win championships. Well, I mean, of course, Steph's got to do it all. I mean, granted, like, who's their number two guy right now? Like, it, it's a little bit different than the Celtics right now. Like, if Clay was there, I mean – Steph's numbers wouldn't be as inflated as they were. And obviously, I mean, it's still so early. So those numbers are super inflated. I, I like the Warriors, though. I can't remember where the fuck I had them in the playoffs. But uh, they're a solid team as far as long as Curry's there. And um, I don't know. I, we'll have to see how they match up against these, like, other really good teams. I don't. I know they play the Lakers, but I don't think they've played anyone else that's that good from what I recall. Yeah. So we'll have to yeah, see. Really. Like, it's like these other, uh, like, really – competitive and strong Western Conference teams. I personally don't think Curry's numbers will drop that much once Thompson comes back. Like, you've seen them play together. They're both capable of averaging 25 a night, which is obviously a good a good thing to have. Yeah, um, but he's probably at, what, 40 right now? Like, that's – Yeah, I mean, I, nobody's ever going to shoot 40 uh, – nobody's ever going to average 40 over a season. But I wouldn't be surprised if – Curry finished around 30 this year like he did last year. Was he 32 yeah. last year? Um, Evan, you just mentioned the Lakers, another um, kind of favorite in the West. The Phoenix Suns uh, have started one and two. The Lakers are two and two. Any reason to be concerned about these teams or just early struggles out of the gate? Well, I'm, cons I'm concerned about the Suns. Like, I, I thought last year, like, I had them pass the first round, but then obviously in the NBA championship, I thought the Bucs, like, really exposed them. If you can, like, slow down Chris Paul, I think it really limits what they can do. So, I think teams are kind of figuring them out. So, I'm more concerned about the Suns and the Lakers. Uh, 
Lakers got three superstars, whatever, not worried. Um, Suns, though, if you shut down Chris Paul, it relies a lot on Booker to do a lot of the scoring. And it's just it, it's just feels different right now for them since they lost the championship. Uh, I, I think I had them maybe fourth or fifth in the West. I still think they'll make the playoffs, but I don't think they're a top four seed. No, I agree mm-hmm. with you. I had, I think I had the Suns at six or seven. Um, they're struggling right now. Aiton is not playing like a guy who wants to earn some big money. Um, I think he's at like 10 points and eight rebounds a game right now, which is not what they need, especially with Booker and Chris Paul kind of struggling right now. As far as the Lakers, I'm not really concerned. They've looked really good in their past two games. Russell Westbrook is figuring out his role. Uh, I think it took him a couple games to get that figured out. And he's kind of doing what Dennis Schroeder could not do for them last year. He's shooting, he's facilitating, he's rebounding. He's nearly averaging a triple-double again, which is just incredible. Uh, But the Lakers will be completely fine. Yeah, I'm really not concerned about either team. It's only been three games for the Suns. It's an 82-game season. I think the roster is too talented for them to struggle for for too much of the season. Uh, Monty Williams is a great coach, so I think they'll turn it around and – uh, I just fucking hate the Lakers. So sick of the super team era. Can't wait for it to be over, if it ever ends. I don't know. What What do you guys think about that? Like, do you think this is how the NBA will be for a long time or no? Well, sadly, because the price that each player is getting just keeps increasing. Uh, you get these scrubs making fucking $80 million. Like, bro, they don't deserve any like of that. Like, it should be more so like the NHL. And just with that hard salary cap where it's like you limit how much teams can spend. Like, it's just so – it's such fucking bullshit. Everything's inflated. Like, this is why I don't like the NBA. Granted, like, I get, like, it's how the sport is right now and, like, everyone's getting paid. But, like, it, it's just becoming a complete and utter joke in my, in my opinion. And uh, bench players should not be getting $80 million, $80 million. But yet it seems to be the norm now in today's NBA. And I don't think – to be frank, I don't think it stops anytime soon. Yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. I think I think the NBA is in a tough spot where they don't really have any minor league programs to kind of develop their talent like the MLB would. Like the MLB, they obviously don't have the hard salary cap, but teams like the Rays are still able to develop through their ridiculous minor system. Same with the NHL. They're able to develop guys. So I think the NBA is kind of forced to pay known quantity of players like there's certain players that people know are good they have to pay them superstar money because who knows on these like who knows like with these guys they're drafting or younger guys because you haven't got a chance to develop them yet which sucks and that's why no one watches the nba but that's how it is well the problem is everybody watches the nba and that's why they have so much money like there's so much money in the sport um and that's why they can afford to throw it around but yeah, I agree with both of you. I, I can't stand it. It's like, I think every league should really be hard capped because, you know, in the NHL, you get that sort of parody every year. I mean, yeah, you've seen the Lightning be really good and Pittsburgh had their little run and, you know, Washington's been very relevant for the past 10 years, but, and Colorado lately, but like outside of that, yeah, you always have teams that are bigger markets, bigger hockey markets that are very successful, Boston, you know, the original six, Um but every year it's not like, you know, one team comes out of the preseason, sorry. And they're like, all right, they're the favorite. Like they'll be in it like the Lakers and the Nets. And then they actually make it with ease in the NHL. You just don't get that. It's, 
you know, you fight for every goal. Um, I don't know. I just, I like that type of competition more than turning on, you know, the Lakers pound the Pistons. And like, there's never a chance for the Pistons to win that game. If all teams are healthy, like mm-hmm. it's just not a shot. And you get that in other sports, obviously not all teams can be good, but the talent disparity in the NBA is so uneven between the teams. Like you have those four or five teams with superstar upon superstar, and you have those four or five teams at the bottom of the league that really suck. And then you kind of have everybody else in the middle who's like fluctuating. And that some of them maybe would emerge as good enough to win, but they'll never beat all that talent in those top five superstar teams. So I don't know. Yeah. It's just kind of frustrating. It's like watching the league on repeat every year. Real quick, the only way to be good in the NBA, like if you're a bad team, because you're really not going to attract any free agents because they all want to play with each other. The only way to be bad is really to just tank, which they try to avoid in order to get top talent in the draft. But like, why would you not tank? If, if you think about how the league is set up and if you're a bad team and you can't attract free agents and people don't want to stay with you on your team, the players that you already have, the only way you're going to be able to improve your franchise is to really tank, try to be the worst team in the league to get that number one overall pick. So you can take that generational talent. And th- that's the problem. And then the NBA is like, Oh, you can't tank. Well, it's like, why the fuck wouldn't I want to tank? Yeah. I mean, you saw the 76ers do it and it's had some success, obviously. Embiid and Simmons have turned into, well, Embiid at least have turned into really, really good players and, they've had some playoff success and maybe they have a championship in their future. But I mean, you kind of look at the thunder as maybe the next team doing that uh, with all the picks stockpiled. And yeah, it's like, it's impossible to improve your team when all these guys, you know, I mean, the players basically run this league. They, they decide where they want to go. They request trades and they're almost always met with what they want. I don't know. I, I don't like the whole, like, um, the owner controversy where it's like the players, the owners own the players, but like to some extent that is true. The owners do own the players rights and, you know, in a normal job, I get professional sports, not normal, but you don't just go up to your manager and say, you know, fuck you. I hate working here. Transfer me to the fucking Boston location. It just doesn't work that way. Um, Which just makes it makes me not like the NBA. Um, that's all I have on the NBA. Yeah, fuck the NBA. Fuck the NBA. I feel like every time we talk about the NBA, we just shit on it. <laughs> it's a terrible league. Uh, all right, let's talk about the best league, the NHL. Yes. Uh, early undefeated teams. We got one in each division: Florida six and zero, and then Carolina, St. Louis, Edmonton, all five and zero. Um, which of these four teams do you see? either retaining the number one spot for the foreseeable future or, you know, continue, continuing to dominate teams like they are right now. Ev? Um, I'm going to go with the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, props to Newman for having them ahead of Vegas. Uh, if I think if I could redo that, I would instead, I had them at two. I would probably swap the two right now. Uh, they just look unstoppable. Like when you have two of the top three players in the league on the same team, like that's a huge advantage. 
Um, Darnell Nurse, like on the back end, uh, has been really solid. Obviously, the, the year he had a year last year was so good. And Mike Smith and Koskinen are holding their ground. I know Mike Smith's hurt right now, but Koskinen's won three straight starts. Like, they're just so good. Like, and they're fun to watch. McDavid, 13 points in five games, incredible stuff. And for me, like, there's no reason for me to say that that pace won't keep up. Yeah, I saw an absolutely ridiculous McDavid stat in his last 18 regular season games. He's got 48 points. Um, for non-hockey fans, that is just fucking ridiculous. I mean, it is, it is fucking unheard of. That's like what Wayne Gretzky type pace. Like nobody does that anymore. Um, in my opinion, Drysaddle and McDavid are undoubtedly the best two players in the league and in the world. And no disrespect to McKinnon, I think he's amazing, but I think there is a drop off from those two. And when you have those kind of guys playing together every night, like you're going to be a hard team to beat, regardless of who else plays with them. Oh, I agree. I agree. Um, the only concern I have with Edmonton, the goaltending, as much as they're winning, the goaltending has not been good. Um, they've been relying on the offense, who's scored five goals in six of their games. Um, so I'm worried if the top line can ever be shut down, they're kind of fucked because their defense is struggling and Mike Smith's numbers are pretty pitiful. For me, I think the Florida Panthers will have the most success of those four, which sucks for us. They're in our division. Um, they remind me of the Giants in a way, like, they have some stars. Obviously, Huberto is incredible and Barkov, but they just get consistent scoring up and down the lineup. They are scoring on all four lines. And most importantly, the Bobrovsky, who won the the Vesna five years ago, is back. He's looked incredible. Spencer Knight looked really good in the two starts he's gotten. The defense is gritty. They, they check. They back check. They do everything they need to do. I mean, everyone knows their role. They play it well. Um, and they, they were well coached. We'll see if they continue to be coached by uh, Mr. Quenville, who we'll touch on later. But uh, I like their future. Yeah, I didn't have Carolina or St. Louis in the playoffs. So I would have to take Florida and Edmonton. Um, one thing I will say is I watched the St. Louis-Vegas game. I think it was last weekend. Um Halfway through the game, each team had 25 shots. It was an offensive slugfest. There was only 1-1 at the time. Um, St. Louis's offense looks, like, really good. I know in the offseason I kind of was like, I don't know what they're doing. You know, you get rid of Jane Schwartz and you kind of bring in Jane Schwartz 2.0 and Brandon Saad. Obviously, the Tarasenko drama about all the trade talk. Um, he's looked phenomenal. I don't know if you guys saw that highlight goal he had the other night. It was absolutely disgusting. Um but St. Louis looks like pretty good. I enjoyed watching them. They played with a lot of pace. The offense was fun to watch. David Perron is fucking so underrated and he's gotten better with age, which is crazy. I think he's like 35 now. He could score 70, 80 points this year. Like that, their line, I think it's Perron, Riley, and Saad. Very, very good. Um, they worked the puck phenomenally and the defense looked good. I like Pareko a lot. Um, Krug looked pretty good. So, St. Louis could be a fun team to watch this year. I know they had it down here last year. Um, but, yeah, Florida and Edmonton look really, really good. Um, we'll touch on Quenville now since we just brought him up. Uh, the Chicago Blackhawks had – I don't really know the whole story, to be honest with you. He was a coach who was accused of sexual assault, and that was a 2010 cup-winning team. 
basically everyone in the organization denied ever knowing about it. Uh, that includes Stan Bowman, the former GM who resigned yesterday, uh, Winnipeg Jets GM right now, Joel Quenville, who's Florida Panthers head coach. So some pretty big repercussions if this is up. It, it is true, obviously. Um, as yesterday, a report came out that the three of them and other people knew about it. Um, they denied knowing about it. And they've been caught in a lie. Um, yeah, I have and one we quick saw thing Stan, to add too. Yeah, we saw Stan Bowman step down yesterday. Um, people are calling for Quenville to be fired. I haven't really heard on anything on Winnipeg's GM, but I expect um, both him and Quenville will face some repercussion from the league. I know they both meet with them tomorrow. Um, just kind of a, I'll let you go, Evan, and then I have some news mm. or some thoughts. Yeah, so the reason why Joel Quenville especially is in a lot of heat right now, he's going to be behind the bench tonight uh, as the Panthers host the Bruins. But uh, so he was made aware actually by I don't even I don't know who I think it was it was another staffer prior to um, like prior to the playoffs. I think it was maybe during the playoffs, and his reaction was simply, "This is a distraction. We want to focus on the cup." Let's push it aside. They wound up obviously winning the cup. And then after they won the cup, after Quimble was made aware already of the allegations, uh, he wrote and talking about the video coach who was accused. Oh, just a great review about him. Yeah. Just saying, Aldrich did a great job for the coaching staff in preparation for all of our meetings and coordinating several tasks we forward his way. Brad has several people relying on him in the same moment and has a way of deflecting and accommodating everyone at once. Congratulations on winning the Stanley Cup. That was after he was made aware of the allegations. So clearly shove them aside. I expect him to face some strong uh, repercussions. I don't know too much about Shevel Dayoff's involvement, but Quenville in a lot of heat uh, on this one. Yeah. Um, obviously, we saw the stuff come out with John Gruden in the NFL a few weeks ago. Um Unfortunately, the way sports are, it's just like a boys club. And I feel like in any franchise you look into, you'd probably find some sort of allegation like this, some sort of mistreatment. And not that I'm saying that that should be okay, but it it is tough for these teams and now other teams that are getting affected by this, like Florida could lose a really, really good head coach who's got them going in the right direction and it looks like they're maybe a Stanley Cup contender. And then all of a sudden, Quenville obviously did something wrong, but he's got to pay for it 11 years in the future on a new team with a lot in the past. Like, it just stinks to see other guys who have done no wrong be badly affected by something like this. Well, I think it's more so just don't fucking do it. And, and I no, I agree. But unfortunately, everyone does it. I mean, yeah, but at least everybody, everybody does that. that. Everybody does that. Not, every, everybody, not everybody, everybody does that. I mean, no, I, I agree with your point, Scully. It seems like a lot of teams are probably hiding things that they don't want us to know about. And it almost seems like it's a, a lottery at this point on what stuff comes out when. Like, it's it was 10 years ago. Like, who fucking decides to, like, go investigate that 10 years later? I mean, obviously, people don't want to come out, like, right away. So I understand that. But, like... It's so far in the past. Like, how does this shit even come back up? But, I mean, 
the thing I noticed, like Quenville is coaching tonight and he has his meeting with Detman tomorrow. And I know that made a lot of people on Twitter upset. And I, I kind of agree. Like, why would you coach tonight when you could be suspended tomorrow or face repercussions tomorrow, especially if it's going to lose focus you lose your team's focus. I mean, if they see you behind the bench and think, Oh shit, our coach is fucked tomorrow. Like he should not be coaching today. He should not be allowed to coach. Yeah. Yeah. Newman, you frame that perfectly. It's like everybody has something they want to hide was mostly what I was trying to get at. Mm -hmm. It's just unfortunate when guys who haven't done no wrong that we know of, um, you know, get affected by someone else's nasty shit. Well, the thing about this was the lawsuit, obviously, and, and I, I don't know, there's reasons for why it would wait this long, but the lawsuit was filed uh, this year back uh, late summer, I believe. And obviously they had this private uh, company come in and investigate everything. And uh, the report was pretty fucking crazy. I watched a little bit of the dude talking about it. Um, like, it just goes back to culture, like workplace culture. Like clearly the Blackhawks had a toxic culture. And I think obviously most sports teams have a really good culture. Um, but the Blackhawks, I think, are a prime example of what you don't want your team uh, to look like. And now obviously people like Stan Bowman and, and Joel Quenville and Kevin Shovel day off are potentially going to pay. Uh, the price I, I get it's a mistake made 11 years ago and it's it's like damn that was a long time ago everyone's moved on in their life but the fact is I mean the lawsuit wasn't filed until this year and I, there, I don't know like I said there's probably reasons for that I don't know um, but it does suck for for I think everybody involved yeah yeah it's ugly and uh, the 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 unfortunate thing is from the outside you never know you know Chicago wins that cup they're on the top of the world nobody's nobody says a peep and come to find out you know it's really not a great place to be um when from the outside you know everyone wants to be in chicago you just won the cup right all right anyways enough of the heavy talk um next on the nhl agenda is a little uh toronto maple leafs talk so Ryan Whitney, Spitting Chicklets, uh, biggest hockey pod in the world. Saw a little clip about him talking about the Maple Leafs. Thought it was really interesting. Um, I believe they're two, four, and one to start. Um, he said that they have the same chance as the Buffalo Sabres to win the Stanley Cup Finals, uh, which he said is zero percent chance. Um, feels like he's he said uh, when you pay your top three guys thirty four million. And only one of them is really worth it in, uh, in he's talking about Matthews, um, and, you know, it's really hard to win. And, you know, I agree with him. I I've had that opinion for a long time. I think we got, we kind of have all had the same opinion on the Maple Leafs. Um, so what do you think? Is this team, you know, does this team have a chance to win Stanley cup this year at all with this core, or is it time to, uh, to move on from one of those guys or multiple? No, this team has no chance to win the Stanley Cup. Um, I think they're honestly horribly – like, I, how do I phrase this? I don't think Sheldon Keefe's the right guy for the job. I honestly don't think Kyle Dubas is the right guy for the job. And I think the mistakes that he made to pay some of these guys way too much money, talking about Tavares, talking about Marner, is really hurting them. Um, 
it, it just it, it's a tough spot like you mentioned Colin it just puts yourself in such a cap crunch where it's like you now you have to bring in guys on like pretty much minimum deals like these vets to come in and play for you and it's been the same fucking experiment for the last like four or five years and just nothing fucking changes. They, they can't win a first round matchup. Um, they can have all the regular season success that they want. I mean, granted, I think it's kind of slowing down uh, this year, but it's just, this team needs some sort of change. They've been the exact same fucking team for fucking four or five years. They got to change something up. Uh, they're not going to win with this roster. They're not going to win with the goaltending tandem that they have. Um, the defense has always been suspect as good as the offense has been in prior history. Uh, the team is just bad. The team is bad. And listen, Marner, Marner might be one of the worst contracts. I, I'd say he's worse than Tavares. Mitch Marner, in, he hasn't scored a goal in his last 18 playoff games. Like this dude is not, this dude does not show up for the moment and you can't pay him $10 million or however the fuck much he makes to not score an 18 playoff game. That's a fucking joke. Like Mitch Marner fucking wake up, contribute to your roster. Same with Tavares. I get it. He's coming off the injury, but show up, start contributing. The team fucking sucks. They have no chance to win the cup. I'm heated. Newman. I like that. No, I agree. They, they are not going to win the cup this year, which is ironic because when you look at them on paper, they look like a team who should be competing for a Stanley cup. Their goaltending tandem is arguably the best in the league on paper, Campbell and Mrazic. I don't think I could find another two goalies to, to rival them and their top two lines could rival any top two lines in the league on paper. Yet Marner looks fucking broken out there. I don't know what the fuck happens. He hasn't scored in like 30 fucking games and Matthews and Tavares each have one goal. They're, their whole team just looks broken. Like, I don't know. They can't be fixed. It's weird. They, something needs to happen. Some drastic change. I can't believe that John Tavares chose them over Boston. Imagine. Imagine. Oh, we'd have cups. We'd have many cups. <laughs> we would have beat St. Louis. Definitely. Probably would have beat Tampa one of the last two times they've bounced us. I don't know about that. Fucking dummy. Um, speaking about other bad teams, a uh, couple teams that we saw as maybe better than they are right now, Chicago at 0-5-1, both Evan and I, Newman, I can't remember if you were, but Evan and I were high on them. Um, Vegas is 2-4, and four, and so are the Colorado Avalanche at 2-4, and four, who we saw as, you know, the 1A and 1B in the West. Um, so what are your reactions to their slow starts? I'm not worried about Vegas. I'm not worried about Colorado. Um, who's the other fucking team? Oh, Chicago. Chicago. Chicago is a fucking story right now. I mean, Jeremy Colleton to basically give up and pass the fucking whiteboard to your own players to say, all right, drop a play. The fuck is that? I never seen that. And I've been watching hockey for like 10 years. What the fuck? The dude is like 35. He had little experience before he replaced Joe Quenville. Clearly wasn't the right person for the job. I questioned the hire when it happened. He looks unaware, and he's been there for, I think, three years now. Just not the right dude for the job at all. He's got to go. you got to fire him pretty much immediately, in my opinion. Flurry's got to fucking turn it around. I mean, come on, Marc-Andre. Like, you looked like shit against Pittsburgh. You had another shitty game against Detroit. I mean, what the fuck happened to that guy? I mean, Vegas looks smart for keeping Leonard. Um, the offense, where the fuck's the offense besides the Brinkett and Kane? Uh, and I, Taves now on COVID. Now you get a fucking scandal. Your GM so steps is, down. So is Kane. Oh, he is on. Okay. 
not the scandal. Your GM steps down. Like, this is just – Well, look. Jones hasn't panned out so far. Granted, it's still early. But the fuck's going on in Chicago? It's fucking disgraceful. I mean, there are a couple of good things to the scandal. Number one, Stan Bowman needed to be fired anyways. I mean, the team he's built over the last few years has been not very impressive, to say the least. Um, although I did like this team this year coming in. Um, but obviously with Bowman gone, you get a new GM there. Maybe he can fix this a little bit. He's probably going to fire the coach and bring in his own guy, which, again, is probably going to be beneficial. Evan, I agree. I've never seen fucking players drop a play in my fucking life. Unless I'm, you know, didn't did Mahomes drop like one play in the Super Bowl that was like a nasty play or some shit? I don't know. Probably. Probably Tony Romo probably came on the air when it happened. But um, yeah, I, I am a little concerned about Chicago. It's an absolute mess over there. Um it looks like somebody just walked into a pigsty and just dropped that fucking roster in there and let them fucking scramble around in the pig shit. Um, but yeah, I agree. Vegas is going to be fine. Colorado is going to be fine. Just slow starts. I mean, I'm not entirely sure. I mean, you guys shot on Chicago enough. They're a fucking dumpster fire. Vegas will turn it around. They just need to score more. And they have a, I look, they have a really good stretch of games coming up against some bad teams. Colorado. I don't know, man. Kemper can't stop a fucking beach ball if it hit him in the face. I mean, it's looking like they should have paid Grubauer after all. Although I will say Kemper has the potential to be a top five goaltender. Um, he's that good, but he looks fucking terrible right now. Uh, I have notes on their scoring. Where'd it go? McKinnon has one goal. Landeskog has two. Other than that, they're not getting many points as a, a power play or a top line. So they need to figure that some shit out real quick. Um, obviously they'll turn it around. They're Colorado. They're a very good team. McKinnon just back off the COVID list. So. They just need to figure out the scoring. Kemper needs to figure his shit out, and they'll be fine. And real, one yeah. quick thing, Colin, before you go. I mean, it was like – I thought the defense got so exposed in the playoffs last year. I talked about Sam Gerrard. I'm sure you guys remember my rant about him. Uh, I mean, I think they they have a lot of offensive-minded defensemen, and I think that hurts when, when at, at times when – Nobody wants to stay at home. And granted, I think Devontae is really their only guy that's kind of like that. And I think I think that's also a problem. But you mentioned Kemper. I think he's um, third worst goalie in the uh, league so far statistically. He's been a mess. Well, I'll say this to their defense. Gerard is hurt right now. He just got hurt. And Devontae hasn't played a game yet. He's on my IR. So thank you. They're a little beat up on the back end. But um one more hockey note, and then we'll move on. It's going to be a little bit of a longer pod. Um, are the Buffalo Sabres and Detroit Red Wings any good? They're both in uh, playoff spot currently. I think Buffalo's 4-0, and I believe the Red Wings are 4-0-1. Um, both have looked pretty good out of the gate. Obviously, two teams we would have expected to be towards the bottom of the league, uh, especially Buffalo with the whole Jack Eichel saga going on. Um, but both teams have looked good this year, and uh, I don't know. What do you guys think? They keep it up? Well, Buffalo beat Tampa. I mean, that was kind oh, of Oh, shut the crazy. fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, we have a Buffalo question coming up in the lineup card, so I won't talk about them too much. Uh, Detroit was pretty good. I mean, listen, Lucas Raymond, like, maybe going to maybe win rookie of the year. Like, I gr- granted, it's so early, but we see the mess Montreal is right now, and Cole Caulfield really hadn't done a whole lot, so um, it's not looking too good. I mean, granted, it's so early, but I don't know. Lucas Raymond's impressed me a lot, just added in fantasy. 
a couple days ago. Um, but no, it's uh, surprising for sure. Yeah, they they're they're gritty, they're grindy, they score dirty goals, and they'd be a hell of a lot better if their best goal scorer could play in half their fucking games. Tyler Bertuzzi, uh, get your fucking vaccine, dude. You got five goals in three games, and you can't play in half of them. Like, bro. You want to make some money? Put that needle in your fucking arm. Not a bad one. Just the vaccine. <laughs> Newman, what do you think? Uh, these teams suck. Uh, they are currently above both of our teams right now, and that will not fucking last the next two weeks. Um, the only reason the Sabres are good right now is because Craig Anderson has fucking rejuvenated himself. His save percentage is like 960 in the past his four starts. That's not going to fucking keep up. And Detroit, I mean, yeah, they got the four-goal game from Lucas Raymond. He hasn't done shit otherwise. Bertuzzi obviously can't fucking play in any games. And outside them and Larkin, they have no ways to score. Their goaltending has been fucking abysmal. I think they're 3-2-1 and one right now. And Nadelkovic look like shit. I don't even know who the fucking, who their other guy is. Um, Grice. He, Grice. Yeah, I'd fucking wipe my ass with Grice. He's fucking shit. Um, but yeah, they will be bad, as usual. That's yeah. harsh, Um, That's all I have for NHL. So, Evan, take the lineup right away. All right. So, we got three MLB questions. We got, looks like three, um, excuse me, three NHL questions and then uh, two NFL questions, one NBA question. So, that looks like what we got. All right. So, we'll start off um, with a hypothetical here. So, first question Will an Atlanta Braves trade deadline acquisition win the World Series MVP? If the Braves win the series, Newman first. Uh, I have yes with an asterisk. I think Duvall or Rosario are really primed to win it. However, if Max Freed is forced to make two starts in this World Series, he will win it because he is going to fucking shove. Paul? I think no. Um, I already predicted on All Sports News, the Instagram page yesterday, Braves would win in seven, and Alves was my MVP. So I'll stick with that. I think he has a big series. I'm going to say yes. The trade deadline acquisitions really charged and revamped this team, gave them extra life. I don't know. I think it's the former Jays GM, Alex Anthropolis or whatever, who's there. Really great deadline moves. Saved the team when Acuna went down. And imagine if they had him. Oh, good Lord. They would be scary as hell. So I say yes, uh, but free, good point, Newman. I think that would be uh, – that's a good pick. Uh, but as question two, buy or sell. If the Houston Astros win the World Series this season, either Jose Altuve or Carlos Correa will win the World Series MVP. Colin. Uh, I'm going to sell. I think if it's – if Houston does win this series, you're going to see – maybe a guy like Christian Javier pitching three, maybe four games, and he's going to have to be locked down for them. I don't like their starting pitching. So I think it could be a guy like him or, you know, a guy like Bregman or Brantley who's had a fairly cold playoffs. Like those are guys that show up in big moments. And I think if Houston is going to get back into this series, I know it's only one, nothing, but um, they're going to get back in it. They need Bregman to pick it up. They need Brantley to get going. Jordan uh, Alvarez was so hot against the Red Sox. I, I think it's going to be a guy you wouldn't expect to win it. Newman? 
I'm selling. Notice how you didn't mention Kyle Tucker, the guy who went two for four would, the other day. I would expect Tucker to win it. I said it's a guy I wouldn't. Well, I mean, he, he hit seventh in the lineup. I feel like no one talks about him. He's been the best hitter on the Astros for the past, like, four months. He gets no respect. Um, best hitter in the American League since May 1st. Yeah, he's unbelievable. I think he'd probably win it after the game he had the other day. Um, I don't really see any of the pitchers really having any case. I'm selling also, Colin. I like your Javier pick. And Newman, I know how much you love Tucker, and I completely agree with everything that you said. Um, moving on to question three. Let's fast forward to a year from today. Let's play a little hypothetical. Give me your way too early 2022 World Series matchup, Newman. Uh, I gave this one a lot of thought. Uh, the AL, I have no fucking idea what's going to go on. I landed on the White Sox. I think they're young. Um, I believe – some of their pitchers are free agents, maybe. Rodon. Yeah. Um, but Giolito is a great pitcher. Lance Lynn is a fucking perennial Cy Young candidate. And on the NL, uh, mark this date, I have the St. Louis Cardinals. They will end up in the World Series. They will get Jack Flaherty back. He's a top 10 pitcher. I think they are going to land Trevor Story in free agency. Sure, wow. that middle infield. They are going to be nasty. Uh, I thought long about this one as well. Um, I like the White Sox. I thought about the Houston Astros again, uh, but I'm going with my beloved Red Sox. I feel like there is something to be said for all these guys talking about unfinished business. Um, I expect Schwarber to come back. I think they're probably going to add, or I guess bring back uh, Jose Iglesias. Uh, I expect them to address the pitching in a big way this offseason. I'm Bloom. I've loved everything he's done thus far. You might see Jeter Downs in the MLB next year, the way he's hitting right now. I think he has five home runs and eight uh, eight fall games right now. Um, the farm is good. This team is still good. We're just a few pieces away. Um, I could easily see the Red Sox back in it. Newman, I actually almost picked the Cardinals. They were gonna. They were my second pick. Um, I think the Braves end up back here. You got Acuna back. Um, You'll have a full more in, hopefully Mike Soroka, like uh, arguably Soroka and Acuna coming into the year where your two best players on this team. You don't have Soroka for the full year. You you lose Acuna halfway through. And at that point you weren't even in the playoff picture. Um, so for this roster to do what it's done to this point, I only expect them to build on that next year when they have full health. Yeah, for me, I picked the Red Sox as well. Uh, similar points than you did. I fully expect Kyle Schwarber to be back next year. This feels like unfinished business, like you mentioned. I hope Sale can improve uh, heading into next year, get get like more healthier, which is huge. Uh, I'm going Padres. I'm not ready to give up on the Padres. I think if they bring in a competent manager and can make some adjustments in the offseason, I totally could see this team making a world series run a lot of people forget about them and now everybody thinks of the giants and dodgers well guess what the padres still exist and i expect them to make the playoffs next year question four which team's slow start has concerned you the most switching over to nhl maple leafs avalanche golden knights lightning or canadians scully well i'm not concerned about vegas colorado or tampa all three of those teams are too good to struggle. I didn't have Montreal in, so I expected them to suck. So my answer has to be Toronto, um, which I know we talked about ad nauseum earlier, so I won't go too far into it. But you put yourself in that kind of cap situation. 
and you rely so much on your primary scoring and, and you don't get it, it's going to be hard to win games. Um, I, I, I don't see them being super successful. I think I had them as a wild card one or two possibly. Um, so I didn't expect a huge year from them. I, I think that's probably their ceiling wild card. Um, but I wouldn't be shocked if they miss right now the way they're playing. Newman? Yeah, it's got to be Toronto for me too. I think the other teams can turn it around um, with the exception of Montreal, who I don't think anyone really thought much of this year. I mean, Scully hit it on the head. The, the primary scoring is just not there. The defense has been abysmal the past couple of games, leaving poor Campbell out the dry after he bailed them out in the first couple of games to even get them in the freaking win column. Um, it's very concerning. I feel like we have this conversation every year, which is kind of pathetic, but that's the state of Toronto. Yeah, fuck Toronto. They're my pick also. Buy or sell. When it's all said and done, Connor McDavid will be considered the greatest hockey player of all time. Newman. I'm buying. This is a, a generational player. I mean, it's cool that we get to see his career start to finish. I know we were all pretty young when Brady took over, um, but it, it's cool to appreciate his career from start to whenever he decides to hang it up. Yeah, I'm buying as well. Um it's just unbelievable what he can do. Uh, every time I see Connor McDavid video, I watch it in its entirety. Um, he's so fun to watch. He's so electric. And like I said, like the 47 points in 18 games, like that's just unworldly. Um, as long as he stays healthy, he'll be the best player in history. Uh, and to me, it's not even close. Like in this era of hockey, so much more difficult to put the puck in the net and accumulate points. And the way he does it is just an elite level, unlike anyone else. Um, him and Ovechkin are like really the only guys in the league that have a chance of breaking uh, Gretzky's goal record, in my opinion. I think Ovechkin will. Uh, I don't know about McDavid because he doesn't score that many goals. More of an assist guy, but... I mean, he's still capable of scoring fucking 50 goals a year. Um, just how much better he is than everyone else. It's really – it's crazy. Yeah, I'm buying as well. Quick hypothetical. This ain't on the lineup card, but entire career with the Oilers by herself. Got to buy it, I think. In any could, other in any other league, maybe not. But – Yeah, how could you let him go? Yeah. Um, next question, fast forward to a month from today. So we're talking November 27th. Where are the Buffalo Sabres sitting in the Atlantic division standings? One or two, three or four, five or six, or seven or an eight. Um, who did I leave off with? I think Newman is up. I said five or six. They're currently ahead of Tampa, Boston, and Toronto. I don't see that happening um a month from now so i they'd probably sit in either fifth or sixth either ahead or behind detroit they're just not a good team no eichel either like they should not be this good right now um they'll be down there oh yeah i said the same yep five or six for me i actually don't think they're they're really bad but like i think montreal is worse to be honest with you and ottawa's worse um, question seven. This is an interesting one. Uh, name me a player of your choosing. Has to be kind of reasonable that the Kansas City Chiefs should go out uh, and make a trade for today in hopes of turning their season around. Could be anybody, Colin. I know their defense is probably more the issue right now, but I think you got to go and get Marlon Mack if I'm the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, their offense is so one dimensional now. 
Uh, Mahomes in his last 16 regular season games has 16 interceptions, uh, which is not good. Uh, it's just not good. And it's because teams know that a pass is coming on almost every play. They have no run game. Uh, Edwards Alaire is hurt. Don't really care for Williams. He's one of those dime a dozen running backs. But I think that if you bring Marlon Mack in, he's explosive enough. He can run the ball. He can catch the ball in the backfield. He brings another dimension to that team that takes some of the pressure off Kelsey and Hill. You get to run the play action more because teams are actually going to bite when you're running the ball 20, 25, even 30 times a game, which they just don't do now. Uh, and it takes some of the pressure off Mahomes. He's trying to force too many things in the windows that are far too small. And, you know, you, you need a check down. And Marlon Mack's a good running back to do that. That's a, a great pick. I have him stashed in fantasy just in case they make a move for him. Uh, I'm going to go with Emmanuel Ogba, a guy I've seen his name floated around um, in a couple of different places. They actually had him on their team in 2019. And he had a pretty good year and he had nine sacks for Miami last year. He already has two and a half sacks this year. I think he could really improve their D line. Uh, they can't seem to get any pressure on the quarterback. Um, but I think, they could make a move on the offensive side of the ball too. They need some work there. Yeah. Um, partly because I want to see this guy leave his current situation. And I also just think he'd be a great fit. I want Allen Robinson. I feel like they're missing that number two wide out right now. Like Hartman's good, but like, I think you need a guy like Robinson in there. And I think it would just be a great reset for him. Uh, I'm sure they'd have to kind of give up a lot for him, but I think right now, I mean, this dude needs a fresh start. Chiefs need another receiver in my eyes, and I think he's the per perfect guy for that. That'd be uh, a great, great move. Yeah. Question eight. Where does Jamar Chase finish the season as a fantasy wide receiver, currently wide receiver three? Uh, I don't know who he's behind. I, I Cup and Hill maybe? No. Maybe, maybe Cup and Adams? I don't know. Adams. Adams, okay. Um, so where does he finish? Uh, A, top three, B, top five, C, top 10, or D, top 15? Uh, I personally don't see him dropping that far. Who's uh, up? Colin. Um, that's the second time you've gone Newman, Newman, and now me, me. <laughs> um, I took the letter C, top 10. Um, I don't think he's going to be towards the 10 side. I think he'll be closer to six or seven. Uh, I just don't see him finishing top 10. There's a lot of weapons on that team, and I get Burrow likes to look at him, but you're only going to score so many 75-yard touchdowns. Like, yeah, those are explosive, and, like, he's capable of doing that, but he's not going to do that as frequently as he's been doing, I don't think. Um, I did see he's got eight catches over 30 yards or more, which is more than, like, 18 teams, uh, which was a pretty shocking stat. But – I think, again, you just got too many mouths to feed. Like, Uzoma is emerging. You have Mixon. You have Higgins. I know they don't look to Boyd much, but uh, you still got him. They even have Auden Tate, like another pretty good wide receiver. Um, so, yeah, I'll say top top 10. Like, there's guys like – I think Diop will probably finish higher. Um, probably Jefferson. Like, I don't know more true number 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 ones that just get yeah. more looks yeah i i 100 agree with you he's, he's top 10 for me i think like you said there's just too many mouths there like t higgins had i think almost 15 targets last game obviously jamar chase commands the ball but there's games where even tyler boyd catches 10 balls and obviously you now with the emergence of p ryan you've got two miles in the backfield who need carries so i think just the opportunity really isn't there for him to 
ascend to that elite status. Uh, whereas some other guys like Adams or D hop, there's really no one else to throw to. Um, so that's not really the case in Arizona. They got a lot of weapons now. Yeah. But I mean, every time there's a big play, they throw it to D hop every single time, you know, it's coming. Yeah. Kirk, Kirk has kind of taken a step back. I think. AJ green has been pretty good in that offense. And <laughs> yes. then yeah, it hurts. Yes. And you have um, Rondell Moore. So they have a ton of weapons. Mm. Plus Connor and Edmonds. Did you mention uh, Kirk too? Yeah, Newman said he yeah. took a step Newman's back. Yeah. He's yeah. been fucking me in fantasy. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna say top five. I think he's pretty legit. Um, I think uh, I was looking. I've mentioned it a couple times on the gridiron. I was looking at like snap shares. Uh, he's almost at ninety percent. Higgins is about seventy, and then Boyd's like less than seventy or something like that. So he's on the field all the time, pretty much. Um, and I think Burrow does look his way a lot. Um, I think that's his first look. They design routes for this guy. I think he's just a, a huge playmaker within that, their offense. And I think uh, when he has big games, they have big games. Uh, and that was advertised on Sunday against Baltimore. So why stop? Um, and lastly, last question. Per, uh, Collins brought up the Bulls a lot. Uh, percentage of Chicago Bulls finished top five in the East? Newman. Damn, that's tough. Um I'd say I think it's honestly a 50-50 shot. I think I'd have the Bucks, the Celtics, the Hawks, the Heat, and the the Sixers and the Nets probably above them. But I see I think they could um unseat some of those guys. So I think I think it's pretty much a coin flip. So 50 Yeah, I, I said 50-50 as well. Uh Newman when you I, I could see them passing the Celtics, I could see them passing the Heat. And I could see them passing the Knicks or some combination of those three. Even the 76ers, I think, are less of a beast. Even I, I get Simmons isn't that effective offensively, but he certainly is defensively. Um, and not having them weakens that team. Um, so I could see them passing all four of those teams or none of those teams. Like I, I see them all pretty much on a level, level playing field. Yeah, I went 40%. Uh, you guys pretty much uh, hit it on the head. I think they have a shot. Uh, to be, I think they'll definitely make the playoffs. I think they got a shot to be top five. Um, just depends on how everybody else performs, and then obviously injuries you have to factor into. You can never predict those. Um, yeah, that wraps up the lineup card for today. Yeah, and uh, before we get out of here, we got a rant for you, Evan. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So let's see. Where do I want to go with this one? All right, I'll I'll roll with this one. You ready? Um, yeah. So. New England is an interesting place to live, as we all know. Uh, we're in we're in the time where it just feels like I'm ready for winter. Fall kind of trash, honestly. I know this is probably a cold take. Some would consider it one. Um, you know, we got to appreciate the fucking leaves changing colors, and we got to look at all these fucking shit. Great. I saw that for one day, and then now I don't care. Um, don't care enough. I'm ready for winter. I mean, the last three days have been just putrid, just rain. I'm so sick of it. Uh, if it's going to rain, then just fucking snow. Um, I hate this time of the year. I hate it. I fucking hate it. I just want it to be Thanksgiving and I want it to be Christmas because Christmas is like the best time of the year. Who's not fucking happy during Christmas? 
uh, fall. Yeah. You got these fun family activities. Oh, let's go pumpkin picking. Oh, let's go fucking paint some pumpkins. Oh, let's go trick or treating. Well, guess what? I'm not a fucking kid anymore. Um, so I'm at college sitting in my dorm room all day because it's fucking raining outside and it's starting to be cold. So I can't really enjoy it. Uh, winter is fun. There's snow on the ground. You have Christmas to look forward to count down the days. Um, no, this is just the worst time of year. Halloween, Halloween's Halloween. It's one fucking night. I mean, Halloween weekend, sure. At college, you can appreciate, but it's a little different than it was when we were younger. I'm tired of it. I want winter. It's the worst time of the year. And I fucking hate it. That's a good rant. Ev. I, I, you know, I feel strongly about this topic. Uh, I love fall. <laughs> I love fall. It's my favorite season, bro. Uh, um, no, I, I, I remember you saying something. Yeah, it's it's absolutely my favorite season, and I'll tell you why. Number one, I love rain. I love when it rains. Any time of the year, I love rain. Number two, I hate fucking snow. I fucking hate snow. You know, you grow up with an ice rink. All snow means to you, you spend the day fucking shoveling. (laughs) I've never liked snow. So, fuck snow. Fuck the winter. Um, But look, this is the one week a year where historically – New England gets some sort of, or there's a higher chance of a hurricane or weather storm like we've gotten this little nor'easter that's rolled through. So after this week, buddy, I think it's going to go nice. It's going to be 50s. It's going to be crisp and cool at night. It's going to be fall for a couple weeks before it gets real cold and it becomes winter. But uh, I'll tell you this, you know, you work at a golf course now. Mm-hmm. Just go enjoy some fall golf. It's the best time to play. You wear pants, a corner zip, you're nice and cozy. Just hitting it around. No one really cares because it's fall. It's the end of the season. You don't got to try hard. Just go have a couple bevies, uh, you know, uh, not adult ones because we're not 21, but a couple bevies, a couple uh, fucking – Some apple juice, some chocolate What are you, what are you drinking, Newman? Fucking – Capri Suns. Capri Suns. That's what I was looking for. Some Capri Suns and just enjoy the day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fall is great. Fall, all right, I, I will say – Fall used to be my favorite season in high school, you know, soccer season and marching band and all that shit. But now that I'm in college and do nothing, like it's not as exciting anymore. Evan, I won't have you slander the New Hampshire leaves though. Though that shit's gorgeous. Yeah, fuck out of here. I looked at him once. In the city now, he doesn't get to see him. That's I know. True. That's true. People vacation up to New Hampshire just to see the leaves. It's it's gorgeous, Evan. That's probably some, why our uh, in-state tuition so fucking. They just died. Oh, <laughs> there we go. I'm back. Um, I was saying that's it. all the tourist money we get from the foliage is probably why we have uh, such a low in-state tuition. Just kidding. There's <laughs> the highest in-state tuition in the country. Yeah. Also, one more thing. I mean, like I'm looking at the radar. Like, yeah, we just had that roll through. And it's like, uh, it's just like lots of clouds, like lots of 40 degree days here, 50 degree days. Uh, I will say, Colin, it is supposed to rain on Saturday all day. So it doesn't even look like I'll be making it down to the tailgate or to the football game. I will probably just have a nice, relaxing day to myself in my dorm. Yeah, well, uh, there's a little UNH URI club baseball going on this weekend. Donovan's making the trip uh, trip up, I guess, for him. Huh. So I'll probably be at the game Saturday if you're interested in bearing Maybe. the rain. Maybe. Bring an umbrella. I got one. It won't melt. <laughs> Should we wrap the pod? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Good pod. Uh, thanks for listening. Uh, Newman, don't forget to end the recording. I will. Later. Later. 
Put your tears away Ain't no fear today You can drive off towards that summertime sunset It's what you ain't done yet Take the keys, leave the regrets Write your letters, place your bets I'll be the one who accepts